Hello everybody, welcome to Atlanta Discuss. I'm still your host, your man, your boy, your friend. Call me whatever you like. Ade Balogo, we have a very, very interesting topic today. You know, we always have interesting and juicy topic. Today we are going to Nigeria. Yes, a lot of politicking going in, on in Nigeria right now. So the topic is the ACN and the CPC Alliance of 2013. That's the Buari and Tinubu Alliance. Now, what to look? Was it a blunder on Bolatinumbu's part? We are going to analyze that empirically, like we always do on uh, on our program, you know. So we're good to go, and uh, we're going to analyze whether it made sense, whether it was a good thing to do. And Atlanta discuss, as you know, we always embrace humanity to disseminate positive news in a world filled with a lot of bad news. We give a voice to the honest always. We balance the information equation without doubt. We search and discuss the facts wherever it leads us. We combine the best of the human race to get the best out of mankind always. We serve as a bridge between the developing and the developed world. We embrace business, arts, sports, IT, health, history, and faith-based issues. We don't shy away from the facts. So that's why we, that's what we do. And that's why we're here, you know, going for the facts, going for the juggler, sharing it with you. And we're happy with all your feedback. We know you like I said, if you missed any edition, you can always go to www.atlantadiscuss.blog. The past episode that there you can share your comment and you know we always like to interact. So now we're gonna divide this topic into I think what I have here is about four segments. We're going to look at uh, Bola Tinumbu's career, we're looking at Buari's career, then we look at the reason for the major hub initial. Then uh, we look at why it was a mistake. That's the fourth one. Yeah, the fifth one is what the future portends for both Buari and Tinumbu going forward. So clearly, we know that the Nigerian political stratosphere has the dominant, has the House Fulani in dominance. There's no doubt about that. They understand the game better, even though people underrate, underestimate them, underrate them. But in my opinion, they, they understand the game better than all the other sub-ethnic groups in Nigeria. Nigeria, we all know, is a country that has been divided into six sub-regions. We have the Northwest, Northeast, North Central, Southwest, Southeast, and South-South. So, we'll go into all the political semantics later. So, let's quickly look at what uh, Buari and Tinumbu have done in their lives, in their career, starting from the beginning. They are all known people to us, but it's always good, you know, when you want to analyze you know, mergers, acquisition, and all this political topic is always so good to put the past into perspective and you look at what is currently happening, then what the future portends. So, Mohamed Buhari, GCFR, was born 17 September 1944, a Nigerian politician and president of Nigeria since 2015. We all know that he's a retired army major general who served as military head of state between December 31st, 1983 to August 27, 1985, after taking power from Shagari in a military coup. Very ran for president in Nigeria in 2003, he lost to Abasanjo, 2007, he lost to Yaradwa, 2011, he lost to uh, former president Goodluck Ibele Jonathan. In December 2014, he, he emerged as the presidential candidate of the All Progressive Congre Congress Party for the 2015 general election. Buhari won the election, defeating the incumbent president Good luck, Ibele Jonathan. This was the first time in the history of Nigeria that an incumbent president lost the general election. It was sworn in May 29, 2015. And in February 2019, Buhari was re-elected, defeating his closest uh, rival, former Vice President Atiku Abubakar, with over 3 million 
vote so that's Buhari in a nutshell but let's look at other things that involve Buhari early life Buhari was born to a full and new family in Dara Katsina state that much we know but it's also good to put it in proper uh, perspective Buhari enrolled at age 19 in the Nigerian military training college at the NMTC in 1962 in February 64 the college was upgraded to uh, an, uh, an official commissioning unit so so that a lot of them that came in as uh, non-commissioned officers could be commissioned so he went to he went to the Mount Officers Cadet School in Aldershot, England uh, they came back and became a platoon commander in Abeokuta you know a lot of his career really started forming during the Civil War Buhari was assigned to the 1st Division under the command of Lieutenant Colonel Mohamed Shua the division was temporarily moved from Kaduna to Makodi at the onset of the Nigerian Civil War. The first division was divided into sectors and then battalion, with Shua assisted by sector commanders Martin Zadamu and Suli Apolo, you know, who was later replaced by the popular Theophilus Danjuma. So Bari has always been there, you know. So after the war, from 1970 to 71, Bari was made brigade commander, major commandant for the third first infantry brigade. He then served as the assistant adjutant general for the for the first infantry division of the Nigerian Army in '75, uh, during the military, uh, the coup d'état, Lieutenant Colonel Buari then was among a group of officers that brought General Muritala Mohamed into power. He was later appointed governor of the northeastern state, which is Bornu, Yobe now. You know, so subsequently, you all know Muritala died. So and uh, under Muritala, I think he was also appointed the federal commissioner, which was what they call ministers then. For petroleum and natural resources so Muritala died of course we know ambassador came in so during his tenure as minister called commissioner then for petroleum and natural resources the government invested in pipelines storage infrastructure so technically you can see that Buari started building of refineries in nigeria you know pipeline that connected Boni terminal patakot refinery depot the administration signed a contract for the construction of refinery in kaduna you know worry patakot so i mean those are some of the things that made people vote for him when he came later into civilian life or presidency because he actually laid the very, very good foundation, arguably the best we've seen the, in the oil industry. So from 78 to 79, he was military secretary at the Army headquarters. I was a member of the Supreme Military Council at that time, you know. And uh, from uh, 79 to 80, at the rank of Colonel Buari, you know, attended the U.S. Army War College in Carlisle, that's Pennsylvania. He got a master's degree in strategic uh, studies, military strategic studies. So he's had a fantastic career. And in the coup d'etat of 1983, he became president. So consolidation of power, he was overthrown by Babangida, detained, you know. So he has a track record of uh, mass social mobilization, you know, partly socialist in orientation, nationalizing of all states. Uh, resources and companies and parastatal so i mean some level of prudency some and i with a lot of people believe economically yeah, he has a lot of flaws so that's Buari basically you know so Buari spent three years of detention in a small guarded bungalow in benin after babangida overthrew him so in december 88 after his mother's death he was released and retired to his residence in, in, in daura so that's the start of his, uh, the beginning of his real full retired civilian life. So 2003, Barry ran for office for president under the All Nigerian People's Party and was defeated by President Basojo, like I said earlier on. 
2007, 18 December 2006, Buhari was nominated as consensus party candidate of the AMPP again. That's the All Nigerian People's Party. His main challenger in the April 2017 polls was uh, former President Maru Yaradwa, is late now, who also hails from Katsina like Buhari. He defeated Buhari. 2011, March 2010, Buhari left the AMPP for the CPC, a new party, and that helped help found, you know. so. Ambuari was the CPC presidential candidate in the 2011 election running against Goodluck Jonathan. He lost that also. So he came in 2015, you know, when he became president. That's after he had formed the merger with Bola Tinumbo and his rampaging force then. So that's pretty much Buari. He's not new to us. He's president from 19, 2015 till date. So that is Buari. So, Bola Ahmed Tinumbu, yes, born 29, 1952. Some have disagreed with it, but that's what's official. He was born 1952. He's a Nigerian accountant, a politician who has been the national leader of the All Progressive Congress since the party's formation in 2013. He previously served as the governor of Lagos from 1999 to 2007. A senator for Lagos West during the brief Third Republic. In January 2022, he announced his intention to run for the APC nomination for President of Nigeria in the 2023 election. That's where we are right now. We're still going to go and talk about that a bit, if we have the time. After spending his early life in the southwestern Nigeria, Tinubu studied accounting in the United States before working abroad for several years. He returned to Nigeria in the mid-1980s and continued to work in the financial management before entering politics as a successful Lagos West senatorial candidate in 1992 under the banner of the Social Democratic Party. So after dictator Abacha dissolved the Senate in 1993, Tinubu became an activist campaigning for the return of democracy as part of the NADECO, the National Democratic Coalition Movement. Although he was forced into exile in 1994, Tinubu returned after Abacha's death in 1998. You know, that triggered the transition of the Fourth Republic. So in the first post-transition Lagos State gubernatorial election, Tinubu won by major margin as a member of the Alliance for Democracy over the People's Democratic Party candidate then. That was uh, Prince Dapo Sarumi and the All People's Party then of a uh, candidate of Nasirudun Kekirieko. So four years later, he won re-election for a second time over the PDP Fonshaw William, the late Fonshaw William, by a reduced margin. So Tinubu's two times were marked by attempts at modernizing the city of Lagos and his feud with the PDP-controlled federal government. After leaving office in 2007, Tinubu retained his status as one of Nigeria's most influential politicians as his allies often filled high offices throughout the Southwest. They were called uh, the rampaging Bola Tinubu Abbey by former governor of Ogun State, Governor Benga Daniel. You know, and I think that really filled it because then they had to capture Oshun, Ondo, Edo, and so on and so forth. So, now, um, so, Tinubu's career has been plagued by accusation of corruption, question about the veracity of his personal history, whether Bola met Tinubu is actually his real name or not, you know. But early life, Tinubu was born 29 March 1952 in Oshu State, and his mother, late Abubak Mogadi, was a trader and later became the Yalogi of Lagos. Education, he attended St. John's Primary School at Royal Lagos, Children's Home School in Ibadan, Southwest. Tinubu then went to the United States in 1975 where he studied first at Richard J. Daly College in Chicago, Illinois, and then Chicago State University. He graduated in 1979 with a Bachelor of Science degree in accounting. Early career, Tinubu worked for the American companies Otto Anderson, Deloitte, Asking and Sales, the GT Services Corporation. After returning to Nigeria in 1983, Bola Tinubu joined Mobile Oil Nigeria and later became 
an executive of the company all verifiable so i know there's a possibility that maybe when he was born earlier on like people always say then was it but i mean it's it's time in the united states working for deloitte gt and uh, mobile all verifiable under that name bola metinodo so his political career began in 1992 under the social democratic party like i said earlier on so he's a very popular man Yes, there have been corruption charges in April 2007 after the election by, put by Babatunde Fashola into office. The federal government brought him before the Code of Conduct Tribunal, you know, but it was set free eventually. So, yes, there have been a lot of accusations here and there. Nothing has been proven. There have been cases of uh, tax deduction, tax evasion, ownership of different properties all over Lagos. But then, I mean... If they are true, let them prove it. But I mean, I'm not defending it. I'm not saying it's right. We're here. We just go for the facts. So the facts as it is right now is that nobody is guilty until proven guilty. Nigeria is a corrupt country. There's no doubt about that. There's almost no politician in Nigeria that is not uh, taken from the truth. So what were the reasons for the ACN and uh, ACPC merger in uh, 2013. So let's look at that. Why they might well to capture power from PDP will be the first thing. Yes, they wanted to capture power because if you look at it, Buhari was very popular in the north. He was always winning election, especially if you look at his trajectory in 2003 when he first ran against Obasanjo. He was able to win. I think they had about nine states, you know, with uh, Zafara, uh, even Shokoto, even Kebi. Yeah, they won the three states that came out from the old Shokoto block. They won some state. I think they. I think they won uh, Yobe, Yobe, yeah. So they had about nine or seven states in 2003 at the gubernatorial level. So by by 2007, again, they, they laid claim to some state. They had fantastic representation in the lower house of rep- house, that's the house of representative and in the Senate. So they, it showed that, I mean, Buari had a very good grip on, on, on the states in the north. He was very popular, especially among the downtrodden. They would do anything to vote for him, say Baba, say Baba, say Baba. His rallies were jam-packed, even though he wasn't giving them any money. So those are clear cut it's signal that he was very popular among the people then he had a reputation then that he was unjustly treated by the Babangida administration because he was overthrown and after he was overthrown things Nigerian economy nose dive so we were not he didn't stay he didn't spend enough time in power for us to actually appraise him you don't know him well enough considering that he was former minister or commissioner as they call it then of petroleum he built i think two or three of our refineries so he had a good reputation for probity equity justice and fair play so he rode on that trajectory in his career subsequently on to when the major came so balatinubu in his own case was governor of Lagos state he started with the alliance of democracy part of the nadeko coalition and uh, when they when everybody trusted obasojo you know, he was the only governor that did not. When the likes of Niya Debayo, Chief Shegun Oshoba, uh, Chief Visya Konde all trusted Obasanjo, former late uh, governor of Oyoste Lamadeshino, they all felt, okay, Obasanjo was a Yoruba man, let's trust him. And uh, I mean, we all know Obasanjo on election day 2003 was visiting Governor Oshoba. He didn't allow him to go around. And they rigged it, so to say, and uh, they were all swept up off their position. But Tinumbo did not go to sleep. He did not trust anybody. And uh, he did what he had to do. And it was the only Alliance for Democracy governor that survived the 2003 barrage and onslaught of Ulushe Gorbasojo. I mean, you have to give it to him. He has political sagacity. So 
Then it came with people like Ralph Farag Bechola, Kao Defy Me. He was sponsoring candidates all over the Southwest. And where they lost, they went to the court. Oshun, they got it back. Uh, I think, uh, Wells, they did Ekiti. And he, he just had it going for him. Subsequently, he was able to bring in Governor Amosu under ACN in Ogo State. He did the same for Governor Ajimobi. We will still go to that because that, that the, the victory of Governor Amosu and Governor Ajimobi in 2011 had the input of uh, President uh, Goodluck Jonathan. There's no doubt about that because at that time, Jonathan Wotu was vulnerable, so he needed to win the Southwest. So it was a secret pact between him and Bola Tinumbu. And uh, Governor Jonathan, President Jonathan then sacrificed the 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 governor of uh, your state then, late uh, Alawa Akala. At Ogo State, PDP was already broken into splinter groups. They were they had about three or four factions. So that one was it was very very easy. So, but having said that, they looked at it. Buari had the, the two major subregions in north, northwest, northeast, and then southwest. Then you all then the alliance brought in the a fragment of AMPP, ABGA. They looked at it with okay, technically yeah, that means that we we have about four or five sub-region. PDP was going quite unpopular. Jonathan was a southerner, so they just did not have to just rally around the uh, Buhari. So the not rallying around Buhari meant Buhari will control the entire northern vote, which population-wise, even though a lot does not agree, did not have more votes. So that's what led to the alliance. And Tinumbu has always wanted to be president, you know, of Nigeria. So he felt, okay, let's ride with this guy. He doesn't look too smart. I'm sure Tinumbu thought that way. And I've always told people, never underestimate the Osa Fulani, man. They look forlorn, lost, tired, but man, they know what they're doing, man. And their ship always sails in the same direction. So I said that those are the factors that they looked at combinated in the magic, especially when Bari had always lost to the PDP because he didn't have support from the South. So this was a support made in heaven, you know, you know so for them. So Bari had control of the North, the had control of the Southwest. And for you to win any election in Nigeria, technically, of all the six subregions, you actually need just four. You understand? That's why the North will always hold these three and pick whichever one they want from the Southern three at any point in time. And that means they will always hold three and controlled it so like i said they had some uh, element of abga ampp and so on so those are the reasons they had you know and i think there's a major another reason why a lot of people are not looking at it yeah because jonathan is of the south is not a strong man when you look at leadership in the perspective of dictator jonathan was not, he's not the type that will give orders to arrest he's not the type that will kill he he wasn't desperate he, he didn't have that sagacity and i think the like of amechi who left PDP to go and join the the new APC then. They have all interacted with Jonathan, you know, privately. Even Tinubu had interacted with him because they had an alliance in 2015. I think they looked at him like, this guy is an armless guy. He doesn't even know the kind of power he holds. So I think they saw that. And those are the people I think assured the rest. Let's even form the... Because APC, under any other person, under a Tinubu presidency of Bari, would never have been allowed to be formed in the first instance. So, I mean, I've been issued to never have happened. So it's only a Jonathan that will, you know, and, well, as history will have it, it's better off for it right now. So, now, let's look at why it was a mistake. Yeah, I think the last, especially for the Tinumbu, the rampaging Bala Tinumbu, I mean, it was a blunder. State-of-the-art blunder. Reason number one is that the alliance did not meet and will never allow a Tinumbu 
to be president of Nigeria. That's just a fact, you know. And you can see from the scheming going on now that the CPC faction of the of the party, you know, they've reneged on it. They will never give the party to Bola. They will never give power to Bola Tinubu. And the reasons are not far-fetched, you know. Number one, they know he's smart. Tinubu has the gusto of Abiola. He has the, the intellect of uh, Awolo or combined. So they know that Bola Tinubu presidency will break the Aosafulani oligarchy and dominance into fragments. You understand? The same reason the, the, this same Aosafulani oligarchy did not allow Abiola to be president. The same reason they didn't allow Awolo to be president. The same reason they will never allow you know, Balatinumbu. If there's going to be a Yoruba man that will ever rule Nigeria, it's going to always be a candidate of this oligarchy. That's why they picked Obasanjo. That's why they picked Shoneko. People that will fit and suit their whims and caprices, you understand? I mean, no matter how strong and relevant Obasanjo is in the world and in Nigeria today, he's a northern creation, you know? If he had not played you know, to the to the tune of the north, he probably won't even rise in the army. You know, he, he played that uh, non-assuming loyalty guy. You know, I mean, that's why they allowed him to be president anyway. And he did all the things he wanted. He he subverted Awolowo's uh, ambition to be president. A lot of people feel that Awolowo won the election and allowed Shagari be there. I mean, also partly due to selfishness on his part. But today, well, he's a state man, one of the best the world has seen, probably the best in Africa currently. So, but, so, but that's that. The North will never allow that to happen. Now, number two, it will not allow in... The, 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 this alliance will never allow Nigeria to be restructured, even though it was in the APC manifesto ab initio. Ebola Tinumbu in his Ladeco days, in his AD days, has always wanted a restructured Nigeria. All the speech and write-up is had, always said it. We want Nigeria to be restructured. We want confederation, you know. And where he got it wrong big time was that you had worked with Jonathan, you formed an unwritten alliance with Jonathan in 2011. Jonathan was able to, despite, even against his party, work for you, you know, against better judgment and advice, allowed Tinumbu, ACN at that time, to win Ogo State and Oyo State because so that he wanted Tinumbu to deliver the Southwest. So it was clear to at that time that, I mean, Tinumbu should like, look, this Jonathan is a man of honor, you know. It's better I deal with him, and, you know. And coupled with that, the problem Nigeria really has today is that the outsourcing and the domination is what is making Nigeria retrogress. That's why Nigeria is not really, really making headway. Now, if you want to restructuring, you want a sovereign national conference, the only person that can give you that, the only person must be somebody that is from a minority group, it, it, a group of people, a tribe that is feeling the pinch. And Jonathan is a minority. You understand? You know, if you look at it today, the North will never allow an Ibo man rule anyway. They know why. There's not a topic for today. We we'll always go to that in the future because of what happened during pre-Civil War, my malaria come but it's something we'll go into subsequently in our podcast and, and discussion. So, having said that, it was clear that the real underlying ambition of Tinumbu for Nigeria so, uh, Sovereign National Conference restructuring the new constitution will never be done under a Fulani, Hausa Fulani oligarchy because they are the parasitic nutritionists. They are the direct beneficiary of the way Nigeria is. They are the direct beneficiary of the brigadier, the melee, and the retrogression in Nigeria. You know, Nigeria, Nigeria's population clearly, clearly, geographically, by all indices and indexes and parameters, have should have more population in the south. But they are the Hausa Fulani 
control government of Nigeria has always given larger population to the north. Imagine somebody telling me now that Katsina is more populated than Oyo State. Ibadan is the largest city in West Africa. So where did all that population come? So, so Tinubu was greedy. Tinubu underrated Jonathan. Tinubu was uh, the ambition overcame him, and for some reason they got it wrong. Well, it was good. They allied. People said PDP had to go, but then the devil you know is better than the angel you don't know. But Nigeria is worse off under APC. There's no doubt about that. You don't have, you do not have to be a, 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 a soothsayer to know that. So that's that, you know. And uh, Tinubu knows best. Today, if things had gone normal for him, it should just be a button exchange between the Buhari and Tinubu, and that is not happening. So I'll leave it at that. So finally, the next thing and final thing to look at, what does the future hold? Well, I think Tinubu is going to leave APC. He's going to decamp possibly to SDP. And I think they're going to come after him. All the things he has been able to fight and block in the past, they're going to mess him up. You understand? I think he might not even run because he's a smart guy. I think, and from what I'm hearing, he's even negotiate to have Lagos. He would rather still be the godfather of Lagos politics and lose everything because if he confronts the federal government when he doesn't get this uh, APC flag uh, presidential ticket, he's going to lose big time because in Nigeria when government goes against you, you can ask their Bielia family what the federal government did to their family. So Tinubu knows he's a smart guy. You know, he's not going to confront government because I've always thought that he would be better off as the president of Odudua Republic if he had supported Jonathan and the Confederation. And if anything had gone wrong, it would have been easy for him as leader of Yoruba to move away without violence, you understand? And don't also forget that even the Yoruba Southwest, they are not speaking with one voice. Half of Yorubas are Muslims, half are Christian. So from that 50% Muslim, you know, that the statistics of 50-50 Christian Muslims is not cast in stone, so but I'm just saying it. But it's, it's, a, it's roughly 50-50. At least 50% of that 50% of the Yoruba, which is about 25% of the Muslim, we always want to curry political favor from the oligarchy, we always for, for political relevance. Look at all the APC ministers today. Ralph Alec Beshola, Oshun, a Muslim. Uh, today, Fashola, Lagos, Muslim. Adik Bite from Ogo State, Muslim. Uh, Lai Mohammed, Muslim. So I think it's only Sunday Dari that it's probably a Christian among all of them. So the religious card is always there. The Yorubas will always be the biggest casualty. As we speak today, the governor of Ogo State and Ondo State are pro Oshibajo, who is also a, a presidential candidate. I don't think he will get it. So going forward, I think what the Fulani oligarchy are actually looking for, from my own crystal ball, is that. They are looking for a South-South candidate, somebody from the South-South of Nigeria that has Igbo ancestry. That's why you see they are really pushing for President Jonathan. You know, he has the name Azikiwe. He has some Igbo trajectory and blood in him. They are trying to push for a loom, uh, the governor of Stender, Emefiele, is Delta Igbo. Amechi, Zikwere, is Delta Igbo. So, and clearly, if they not hold this three region, they just need one more from the South. I think the Yorubas have been snookered out of the, the game. It's a pity. It's unfortunate. A lot of us saw it coming then, but there's nothing anybody can do, you know. And, uh, it's a shame, it's a pity that Bolatinbo allowed his ambition to, to, to overshadow reality. Nigeria is worse off for it, is worse off for it. The rampaging Bolatinbo army is not rampaging again. It's common knowledge that the next in line to him, Raouf Aregbechola, who is number two to him in the Bolatinbo, does not see eye to eye with him. So 
going forward, I don't think uh, APC will win or show state. I think uh, Deleke will win. I think in Ekiti, because of Firebase's relationship to the powers that be, they will keep, uh, APC will keep Ekiti. But that's still not under Balatin and Bulls control. So, technically speaking, Ogunwanondo, he doesn't control. Ekiti under Firebase, he doesn't control. Oyo is PDP. So, what's left, you know? Or show and Lagos, or show that uh, APC is probably going to lose it, and they would do that just to destroy the relevance of Balatinubu and political relevance. So that's part of politics. And uh, Lagos, we know, and right now, if he if he pushes too hard to get the ticket on that they will take Lagos from him. Um, I predict that, and I think he's a smart guy. He will just negotiate and okay, let me just keep my Lagos. So Ogabuari, what do you want? You know, he has a loss collected in his cupboard, and in third world, nobody fights power. So my people, my people, my people, that's it there. The alliance was a blunder, a big, big blunder. That's our final, that's where it was a blunder. At least coming from the Bolatino booth perspective. From the Bari perspective, no, it was a blunder, clearly. They knew what they are doing. They are soft line. They are, they are, they are smart. They, they, they are good. They are masters of the game. They understand the chess, you understand? They castle well, you know, for people that play chess, they do well. So that's our bit for today. Like I said, we're not going to be releasing episodes on Fridays. Again, it's going to be Saturdays and Sundays. Just watch out Saturdays or Sundays. So next week, we're going to come with another very powerful, powerful topic. We're having some very serious guests coming in. We have a lot of fantastic topics lined up. Ukraine, we're still going to talk about Ukraine, where it's going. It's not looking good for Putin. I'm still your boy. I'm still loyal. Have a fantastic weekend. And yeah, God bless you all. Peace out. Bye.